0: Welcome to The Closing Room, brought to you by Capital Title Insurance Agency. The Closing Room is an interview show where our guests are other professionals in the real estate services industries who all have the same goal, help the customer get to The Closing Room. I'm your host, Tom Lico. My co-host today is the Director of Sales and Marketing for Capital Title, Lisa R. And our guest today is Julie Lapore. Julie is a registered tax preparer and certified acceptance agent who is actively pursuing her enrolled agent designation with the IRS. Her background includes title insurance, mortgage lending, real estate, sales, and public speaking, but it is her passion for people and education that landed her the role as director of FERPTA Solutions Incorporated. Welcome Julie, and thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Tom. Thank you for having me.
0: All right. So the first thing I wanna ask, I'm sure some of our viewers heard FERPTA and are asking themselves, did he say FERPTA? And is that even a word? So can you uh, talk about what that uh, acronym, what it stands for and what's the purpose?
1: Absolutely. So the acronym is F-I-R-P-T-A and it stands for the Foreign Investment and Real Property Tax Act. So back in the, back in the actually back in the 70s, uh, there was an influx of foreign investors and they were buying all kinds of real estate, selling it for huge profits, and there was no mechanism in place to pay any capital gains tax. Meanwhile, domestic investors were, you know, paying capital gains tax left and right. So um, they came up with FERPTA, the Foreign Investment and Real Property Tax Act to level the playing field between, you know, domestic and foreign investors. And so FERPTA as a, as a mechanism, that enforces a withholding on the sale of real estate when that real estate is owned by a foreign person.
0: Okay, well, let me ask you this. What is, cause I, I know we've seen you speak at MLTA events and it's quite a definition of what is, what constitutes a foreign person?
1: So a foreign person is, um, when we're speaking about individuals, it's a, it's a non-resident alien. And then when we're talking about entities, it's a foreign corporation foreign trust foreign estate foreign partnership
0: okay so so someone with a a green card working here
1: yep so somebody with a someone with a green card is a is considered a lawful resident permanent resident alien so they would be a resident alien and ferpta applies to non-resident aliens so alien means not a citizen Okay. Um, so we're looking for people that are not residents of the U.S. and also not citizens of the U.S. That would be a foreign individual, and that person would be subject to the FERPTA holdback. Okay.
0: And then what is what are the re- withholding requirements? Because that's uh, that could be a big number, right?
1: Absolutely. So you know, there's FERPTA comes into play in, in a couple different ways. Um, We'd have to sit here for, for days to talk about all of them. So, I'm really going to focus my responses in on just general real estate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but basically, it's 15% of the selling price. So, whatever the agreed contract price is times 15%, that is the withholding that needs to be collected and sent to the IRS as an estimated tax payment for that seller, unless there is an exception.
0: There's always exceptions. That's there are. The, that's basically you the IRS tax code, right? <laughs>
2: right. Yeah. One there's only
0: 400 exceptions. Yeah. There's Julie, a laundry I, list of them.
2: Julie, I read um, something that talked about uh, amount realized from the sale. So is it always the sale price or is it uh, what you're netting?
1: For our purposes, it's going to be the gross sales selling price.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Amount realized could be. You know, there's, like I said, there's different ways that FERPTA can apply in different situations. Um, It's not always a purchase price. So for example, you know, sometimes we are, uh, we're working on a deal right now where two people are exchanging properties and one is worth a lot of money and one is worth very little. So someone's realizing a gain and someone's taking a loss and um, FERPTA applies because they're both non-resident alien individuals. The properties are investment properties. Uh, They don't qualify for any kind of exception. And so even though there's no money exchanging hands, um, they still have to address FERPTA on the amount that they are realizing. Um, But that's such a rare situation, you know, that you, I don't imagine that your average real estate agent or your average title agent is going to run into something like that. So for our purposes, for just regular old, purchase transactions, it's it's usually going to mean the 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 actual selling price of that property.
0: And where this is coming to rise in Michigan is uh during the recession, mm-hmm. as you remember, we were uh, our sales prices were you know depressed. Our real estate average sales price dropped Significantly in half. I, yeah. I made a joke they might as well have a sign welcome to Michigan. Everything's 50% off <laughs> <laughs> you know all housing. And uh and so you had a lot of foreign investors, you know, buying up properties if you had cash and time it was a great opportunity and now it's getting where that time is hey the values are back up and and then some and so they're selling and also because we have you know university of michigan in our sphere and wayne state universities where you have foreign students coming and their parents Mm -hmm. are buying Mm -hmm. a property uh for them and they don't even live here they bought it for their child to live in and then once they graduate then they're they're selling so uh, does it make a difference when they're, they don't even live here when you have a, they're in Asia or Europe or what have you.
1: Do you mean like, does it make it harder to work with them?
0: Yeah, I, I would imagine it would. I'm, <laughs>
1: I, I I'm, I'm going to say no, because, you know, here we are, we're this little tiny office, you know, eight or 10 person office in Cape Coral, Florida. Mm-hmm. And, um, 99% of our clients we've never met face to face. Yeah. So we're we're used to them not. Or whether they're a mile here.
0: away or a thousand or two thousand miles away, it doesn't matter. Right?
1: That's right. That's right. You know, it's interesting though. Um, what you're talking about with all these foreign investors that have bought these properties in 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 Michigan, and now they're turning around and selling them. What would you say would be the average selling price that they're selling for?
0: Gosh, it's hard to say. Um, you know, right now our median sales price is over three hundred thousand. Okay. Um, in, in Michigan, but uh, you know, when you look at the university area, Ann Arbor, it's probably in that range or higher uh, okay. the city of Detroit, they were really depressed. Those values were down in the 20, 30,000. And so they could be back up in the 50, 70 or 80,000.
1: The reason I was asking is because um, mm-hmm. one of the exceptions has to do with the sales price.
0: Okay.
1: So if the selling price of a home is three hundred thousand dollars or less, and the new buyer, not the seller, but the new buyer, is going to use that property as a residence, and that's their intention. They're going to use the property as a residence um, for a good portion of the of the time that that property is in use, and they're going to use it that way for a couple years. Then they can waive the withholding, and mm-hmm. so I imagine you know, probably in the Detroit area, unless the investor is selling to another investor, they're probably selling in those properties to owner occupied purchasers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so if, uh, if they have the opportunity and they understand that it's available to them, I bet a lot of the withholding is being waived um,
0: because of the sales price. So the higher ends would probably be more uh, corporate executives coming in, you know, just whether it's GM, mm-hmm. Ford or Chrysler or what have you a larger, uh, a larger what? tier.
1: Well, there's an exception that's available. So that same exception is available for higher purchase prices, um, but the withholding can't be eliminated altogether. It can only be reduced. So if it starts at 15, it can be reduced down to 10 if the sales price is between 300,000 and a million. Anything a million dollars or more, there is no exception based on residency that, that can be applied. And so the withholding is naturally going to be 15%. And uh, there's also that exception, obviously, because it requires the buyer to live in the property. It's not available on, you know, vacant land or, right. you know, like here in Florida, we sell boat docks. <laughs> they're, they're deeded. Oh, yeah. Boat slips and RV pads and, sure. you know, those kinds of things are, are not eligible for that type of exception.
0: Now so here's the- go ahead.
2: I'm sorry, I was just gonna ask. Um, so who's responsible for making sure withholding is held um, in a FERPA transaction?
0: Um, the buyer. So that's the tricky part of this act <laughs> yeah. is it, because initially you would think as a real estate agent, I'm just worried about, Oh, the seller is being that, but really if you represent a buyer who is purchasing a home where the it's a foreign seller and it, mm-hmm. they, you know, are, are under FERPTA, the buyers, the ultimately the one who is responsible for the tax, which sounds insane, but is it because they're the only one the IRS can track down?
1: I mean, I'm sure that's part of it, but you know, it's look at a, look at capital title. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you guys get a paycheck, I'm sure bi-weekly, right? Mm -hmm. And when you get that paycheck, capital title, the company has to withhold income tax and remit it to the IRS to make sure that there's enough there when you go to file your tax return. And that's because our system is a pay-as-you-go system, a pay-as-you-go tax system. So if you got your paycheck and capital title took that withholding, they have to send it to the IRS. You know, If they don't send it to the IRS, they would get penalized and then you would go file your tax return you'd try to tap into that money, that withholding money, and there's nothing there, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the, a withholding tax that by definition is paid by the payer of the income. Well, in a real estate transaction, you've got a payer of the income and a receiver of the income, also known as the buyer and the seller. Yeah. And so the payer of the income is the buyer. And so they're deemed the withholding agent, which means they have the responsibility to withhold on that payment that they make to that foreign seller You know, if indeed that seller is foreign, did that make
2: sense? Yeah, it
0: did. So that's um, that's a a buyer beware kind of thing, right? Like on your checklist of things to make sure with the seller, uh, one, you know, on the title side, make sure the seller actually owns the property. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a big one. (laughs) Well, there's that. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, but then that's something they want to make sure because we had a situation. What wasn't us? It was on the the real estate side. They had a customer who bought a house three or four years ago. It was a FERPA situation. It wasn't completed properly. And uh, and the customer then, two or three years, whatever it was, they got an invoice from the IRS for $80,000 because it was a high-end property. And obviously, they freaked out. And so, what is what do they have any recourse at that point? Or are they just... Should have addressed it then. And um,
1: So just based on what you're telling me, probably what happened was uh, that invoice. Um, gosh, there could be a lot going on there. <laughs> so yeah, I think
0: they got bad advice, bad direction yeah. from somebody.
1: You know, unfortunately it's not, a, well, first of all, the, the sad news is it's not an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, we get phone calls from buyers on a regular basis, crying their eyes out, begging for help. Um, they've got these huge penalties, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, $80,000 penalties. I saw one one time $180,000 was the penalty.
0: Any letter with it that says IRS on it that you get in the mail is scary. And yeah, for a bunch sure. bunch of commas and zeros. and <laughs> Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, what happens is uh, usually one of two things, either the money was just sent in late you know, the money was collected, but for whatever reason, it was sent in late because there was a miscommunication about how it was going to be handled or whose job it was, or was it going to be held in escrow or was it not going to be held in escrow? And at the end of the day, when the money finally does get submitted, it's submitted late and the penalties are significant. I mean, basically, I mean, I I mean... 5% of the withholding amount times however many months, yeah. you know, that, you know, it does cap out, but the the point is that the penalties are significant. So that's one way, that's one thing that happens that generates a lot of, of penalties is the money gets sent in late. Mm-hmm. And the only recourse that the IRS has is to send a notice to the buyer because they were responsible to get that money in on time. And the poor buyer didn't know anything about for Sometimes they don't even know that the seller is foreign at all. They're just signing their documents and signing their documents and they've signed some sort of, you know, FERPTA related tax form and they don't even know it. Um, The other, the other thing that happens why buyers get penalties is because the IRS is looking for the withholding amount from them, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the 10 or 15% of that selling price was plus penalties and interest. So the $80,000 could have been just pure, penalties and interest, or it could have been a portion of the withholding amount plus penalties and interest. It's hard to say, obviously, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and and the reason that the IRS chases the buyer for the withholding is because they are thinking they don't have the payment. So what happens a lot of times is the money gets collected, it gets sent to the IRS. And if the IRS has a, has a hard time processing the, the forms that accompany that payment, or if mm-hmm. forms didn't accompany the payment at all, and they get this payment, they literally don't know what to do with it. So they just deposited into their general account.
0: And then wait for someone to call crying.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and then in the later. meantime, you know, you, the IRS thinks that the buyer is owing them this 15% of the selling price. And, and now, so it's all just kind of discombobulated, but to be honest with you, you know, obviously that's a that's a really extreme case of when that mm-hmm. happens, but sometimes you can do everything right. Sometimes the forms are perfect. Sometimes the money sent in on time. Sometimes they cash the check and on the surface, it looks like it went through perfectly. It's everything you could dream, dream for. Yeah. And then the buyer still gets a penalty letter, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, you just have to be able to look at the situation and say, okay, where did we go wrong here? And then instantly come up with a plan and have a plan of attack to, 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 to work that out. And, you know, you just have to contact the IRS and make sure that they understand that they've got the payment, make sure that they understand that it came in on time. Because what happens is when when they get the mail and you've got IRS forms and you've got a check, they get processed by different parts of in that building. Right. Yeah. You know, so the forms go one place and the check goes right. another. And sometimes it, they don't always reconnect on the back end.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you have to
1: do a little bit of legwork to work
2: that out. Yeah,
0: at the IRS, sometimes the right hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing, let alone the left. I'm, hand.
2: You said it, not me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think on that transaction, if I remember, now it's coming more clear to me, mm-hmm. is that um, one of the sellers was a U.S. citizen, the other was not. Mm-hmm. And I think they're, they were advised by their attorney that they only had, that they didn't have to submit anything when they had to and actually do 50%. Ooh, so I yeah. think that's what happened.
1: Yeah. When you have multiple sellers and uh, some of them are foreign and some of them aren't, then you still have to withhold the required percentage on that foreign person's share.
0: Okay. Yeah. Or it so, could be, let me ask you this, a married couple, right? The. Mm-hmm. He's a citizen. She's actually originally from Canada, you know, and, and not a citizen. Happens all the time. And especially here, where that's in our yeah. back door, as you know. <laughs> oh, uh,
1: so the uh, the instructions for the forms that we use in that type of situation uh, state that if the sellers are married, they mm-hmm. are uh, they own the property 50-50. Mm-hmm. So when it sells, half of the selling price would be subject to the withhold the withholding um on the share for the the spouse that's that's not a citizen well
2: makes sense
0: it is definitely uh can get complicated and confusing for sure it's fun though i love it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> such a well, dork and that's why you have a business because I... you know, anybody who is involved with this you know buyers and sellers you know how many purchases do they do in a lifetime you know not many right. so they wouldn't even know or or, or think about it. But I think a lot of our agents wouldn't think about it. And especially, I think that's the big lesson here is that it's uh, that the buyer has just as much interest knowing the seller's situation.
1: The buyer
0: at- the other. They, they More so.
1: Yeah, right? if you go to irs.gov and you look up, um, and you look up uh, FERPTA exceptions, it says right on there, you know, that, um, it says right on there that the buyer has to determine the seller's status. Yeah. And if, if they don't, and, um, and they the IRS finds out about it, the, the buyer could literally be held liable for that 15% withholding if the seller never filed the tax return. Mm. That's the whole point of FERCDA is to get that seller to file a tax return and settle up with, with how much capital gains tax they owe. Right you know, so FERP does a withholding tax. So if that 10 or 15% gets collected at the sale and sent to the IRS and that, that foreign seller files a tax return, if the 10 or 15% that was collected is, is more than enough to cover his capital gains tax, then, or his income tax, I guess, then mm-hmm. he, uh, he can get a refund of that money. But if he doesn't file it at all and he ended up owing money and the, the buyer didn't withhold because he didn't know the seller was foreign or, you know, any number of reasons, then they could be liable for that for that withholding amount or whatever amount was necessary to cover the the seller's actual tax. Because that's, that's scary. A
0: yeah. Well, in most cases, the buyer m- doesn't even meet the seller maybe at closing, but not anymore. They don't get together at the closing. Right. And so period. that's
1: that's so. the other thing too. I mean, Tom, have you ever bought a house before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was your seller foreign?
0: I don't know. Yeah, I can't assume that. Uh, yeah,
1: how do you know? And so that's the interesting thing is, is uh, how do we know? How how is how is your average buyer <laughs> supposed right. to know if their seller is foreign or not? And and thankfully the IRS made that process. In my opinion, they've made it pretty easy. I feel as an industry we kind of complicated a little bit. It's kind of our nature. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the the idea is that um, there's this affidavit, and I'm sure you've heard of it in your business, the affidavit of non foreign status, right? Mm-hmm. And and this affidavit, the sworn certificate, if you will, um, calls for that seller's name, their US tax ID number, their home address or their business address, if it's an entity. Um, It has to include a statement that they're not foreign. And then it has to be signed under penalty of perjury. Mm -hmm. And that sworn statement is given to the buyer. The buyer is supposed to retain that document in their records for five years. And if they don't get that document, that's how they're supposed to know to withhold because the seller's not able to, to certify in writing that he's not foreign. Right. You know, so absent that, uh, the code actually is pretty interesting. There's a line in there that says uh, um, receipt of this certification um, eliminates the liability for the buyer. Right.
2: Is there so- like a privacy issue though with the buyer having the seller's
1: tax ID number?
2: Or social security number.
1: Even. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. There's definitely. Yeah. A what seller's going to sign
0: that? Hey, the buyer, whom you have never met, whom you don't know, wants this information from you.
1: Yeah. So back in 2008, the the IRS acknowledged that there was definitely some privacy concerns there, and so they came up with an alternative delivery method via the use of a qualified substitute. So the qualified substitute would be whoever um, in the transaction that's doing the closing. So the IRS code, the, the, the tax code allows for the seller to make that same sworn certification and deliver it to the closing agent, but the closing agent has to turn around and give a very similar sworn statement to the buyer, letting them know that, you know, they have the seller's affidavit in their records. Um, so no matter what, a buyer should walk away with some sort of sworn statement from someone, either right. the seller themselves or, or the the closing agent, letting them know that the seller is not foreign and they should keep that on their records for five years.
0: Well, you know, we've had you come up for the Michigan Land Title Association and, and uh, um, give a presentation. And Lisa, this sounds like a con ed class in the making. We want to.
2: Yeah, I think that there. would be great.
0: Yeah, something we want to do uh, this. Uh, how, how's it been going since the pandemic for you? Have you just been doing, still doing presentations just via Zoom? Or um,
1: we have been, happy? they have all been uh, webinars. Um, I haven't really done anything in person. Um, and the pandemic actually is, I mean, gosh, number one, just how dreadful is it for yeah. everybody? It's so dreadful. Um, but as far as like my work is concerned, we are really feeling it because we rely on the IRS to process these applications for us Mm -hmm. and things that used to take 30 days or 45 days or 90 days are now are now taking three months and six months and nine months or more. So we had made the, uh, the call a few months ago to, um, uh, not Push through any more withholding certificates the rest of this year because we just knew the IRS—they just—they didn't stand a chance. They were behind like what ten million pieces of mail or twenty million pieces of mail, or something mm-hmm. like that when they came back um, from from uh, working from home. So yeah. they are extremely behind, and at least they
0: don't have to count votes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we'd still be waiting. <laughs> um, but uh, the the thing about the FERPTA unit, so you know, it, it's cool because. As someone who submits those kind of applications on a regular basis, you get to call them, and they get used to you, and they they get used to your applications. and And I've I've dealt with a lot of IRS agents in my time, and some of them have been outstanding, and um, some of them have probably need to retire. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that nicely, you know. But the the people in the FERPTA unit, gosh, they're so nice. They're, they're, they're easy to work with. They're so nice. They, you know, will reach out if they've got questions, they'll send notifications asking for additional information. I I feel like they're just really committed to seeing these applications through and I just feel so bad for them that they're so, uh, you know, overwhelmed with, uh, with, with mail right now, but we're definitely feeling the impact of COVID on, on every level.
0: Uh, this also shows the need for your business. You know, that's a it's a nice little niche you carved out because it is something that's complicated can be confusing mm-hmm. and, and having someone like yourself who can help uh, guide someone navigate them through these seas that that, yeah. uh, that can be a bit overwhelming. Uh, so that's, uh, that's great that you that you have that. You know, a couple of things, if I could shift gears and just uh, kind of on the personal side of things. So you, it's my understanding, you have Michigan roots, right? You're originally from Michigan. I sure
1: do. I was born at McLaren Hospital in Flint, Michigan.
0: Oh, wow. And uh, and how old were you when you left? I was eight. Uh, oh, I was okay. eight.
1: Yeah, I was eight years old when we left. My dad retired from General Motors. Uh, decided he wanted to- You worked for uh, GM
0: in Flint back in yes. the day. Yeah. yeah, he
1: worked at the Buick the Buick plant. Um, and uh, he decided we were going to move to Florida, so he retired, and we packed up and came to Florida and uh, never looked back. I mean, okay. Michigan's a beautiful state, but
0: there's snow. Uh, you yeah. still have uh, still family here, though? Um,
1: in Michigan? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My entire family, like almost all of my family is still in Michigan.
0: Okay, because yeah. so, I think when you came up for one of our conferences. Did you stay a little bit to visit family or?
1: I, I did. I came oh. up, I uh, came up, uh, I think I came up just a day early or yeah. uh, I left a day later, I'm not really sure. And uh, I was in Livonia or I was okay. in Grand Rapids. I'm not really sure where it was. The 19, 2019 is a blur. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. remember any of it. It feels Might like five years, years ago, ago. Yeah, I right, saw five it's, years ago. Right. Um, but yeah, I got to, I got to visit with my brother a little bit at the hotel and I hadn't seen him in years. So it was, it oh, was that's... another, another benefit of, you know, working here at Perp to Solutions. And
0: yeah. I love another, it. Another thing I noticed on your LinkedIn, it says that you are a singer <laughs> and that you are, is it a acoustic a duet that sings yeah. from Patsy Cline to Allison Chain? Yeah. Chains?
1: Yes. Yes. We, uh, we um we had a little two person gig and um the my buddy Mike uh, played guitar and I did vocals and he did vocals too but yeah. you know we just played the the local bar scene and we did like yeah. some corporate gigs and birthdays and weddings and yeah. gosh it was fun it was yeah. a, a lot of fun
0: yeah that's some of the things that are just gone now we I miss I love live music or just that, yeah, me that. too coffee shop scene you know the acoustic guitar mm-hmm. you know i love that background things like stand-up comedy or things like that are just taking a hit because you can't get in these small groups and uh, and so it's unfortunate you know, entertainment yeah. or those escapes
1: we had a we had dinner last night um at at a place that had a outdoor seating and got to sit down and and listen to a guy you know play guitar just a solo act and i was like
2: Ooh, oh. nice yeah. it, felt, it felt so
1: good it felt so good to it was like are we almost normal? No, no
2: we're not almost normal. <laughs> Restaurants in Michigan are setting up heated tents for outdoor dining, getting ready for winter.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, our our weather's been amazing. I'm not I'm not gonna rub it in, but you know it's it's been amazing. But we also have a huge hurricane on the way, so there's that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you don't have hurricanes in Michigan. Well we yeah. have well, we've come to a point where it's this is our up close from a distance segment. Okay. okay I'm scared. And this is where we take a minute to get to know you a little better while maintaining our social distance. I'm gonna ask you 10 questions and I need the first answer that comes to your mind. And okay. we have 60 seconds, so we'll start start the clock now. Do you prefer texting, talking, or email? Quick answer. Talking. Okay. What's worse? Winters in Michigan or summers in Florida?
1: Winters in Michigan.
0: Okay. Patsy Klein or Karen Carpenter?
1: Patsy Klein.
0: Beyonce or Rihanna? Rihanna. Finish this sentence. Taylor Swift is?
1: Pretty talented.
0: Uh, Paper or plastic or bring your own?
1: Oh, I'm plastic. I'm sorry, (laughs) but I do recycle them.
0: Okay. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals?
1: Every language in the world.
0: How many cups of coffee do you drink a day?
1: um 24 ounces
0: okay uh who was your first celebrity crush
1: kevin costner
0: and is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers <laughs> <laughs> no hey well Not at it, all. you got 10 for 10 so you oh, uh you win our right. home version of the game so. oh that's amazing uh, I want to thank you, Julie. Uh, should any of our viewers be interested in retaining your services? What is your contact information? And we'll put that on the screen. Right.
1: So on our website is uh, www.ferptasolutions.com. And there are multiple ways that they can reach out to us and, and ask for help, depending on, you know, what it is that they're looking for. They can also call me here at the office, 239-540-1022. And as long if I'm available, I'll take their call. All
0: right. And then, Lisa, we're going to be working on uh, putting a con ed class together via Zoom, probably over the winter time. maybe once things slow down a little bit.
2: Hopefully, uh, maybe we'll get it on for January.
0: Okay. And that way you can do your full presentation, PowerPoint if you need be, and, you know, chat from the audience, you know, asking questions. You're willing to do that for us? Absolutely. All right. Let's do it. Well, that's our show for this week. So thank you again, Julie, for being our guest. And also thank you to our sponsor, Capital Title, for making this possible. To our viewers, if you hang on for a few seconds, you can view our humorous meme of the week. And we hope to see you next time in the closing room. Thank you.
2: Uh, Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Lisa. You're welcome. Thank you. That was fun.